0: Welcome to this final episode of Come Follow Me, a Disciple's Journey for the week. This episode will, uh, will discuss chapters 4 and 5 from Ether. Chapter 4 is a great place to uh, make a comment that I should have made earlier, maybe even in the overview chapter, uh, because it's not the first time this has happened. But the book of Ether, we can really get a sense for how different um, Moroni, Moroni's style is than his dad's. Mormon did occasionally insert himself, and he would say things like, and thus we see, and he's abridging, he was abridging a record, right? And so he would say, this happened, and then this happened, and this happened, this happened, and then he would say, and thus we see this thing, and he would teach us a lesson, and kind of based on what he's just shared. But he didn't often insert himself into the record. Moroni, on the other hand, Uh, for one reason or another. And it may be because he felt so strongly about this record, felt so strongly about what he'd seen his people go through and knowing what the people of Jared, how they ended, the Jaredites ended. um, Maybe that's one of the reasons he inserted himself. Maybe it could just be that he has a completely different style, whatever it may be. And then I think there are many right answers. and, And if you look at it from different ways, I think you can learn different things. But I wanted to point out, he's definitely different all of chapter 4 is Moroni. Uh, Chapter 3, there was a bunch of Moroni where he inserted and said some things. All of chapter 4 is Moroni saying uh, some things that he's been commanded to do and uh, some revelation that he's received as it relates to... I mean, it starts because he's been commanded to seal up the writings of the brother of Jared and that leads into some other things that he's commanded and some other revelation that he received. And so we just get this just different... Uh, perspective from clearly a different record keeper who has a different style so in chapter 4 Moroni is like I said commanded to seal up this record from the brother of Jared along with writing up He's I mean he's writing his own record and compilation of it but he's also commanded to seal up the writings of the brother of Jared so that uh, they are sealed and uh, presumably then bury them along with everything else, right? So, uh, they would be kept and preserved. So, it wouldn't just be his record that was had. And so, the Lord says, these things are going to be hidden until the Gentiles are ready for them. For the Lord said, they shall not go forth unto the Gentiles until the day that they shall repent of their iniquity and become clean before the Lord. So, cleanliness. okay. Then, uh, Moroni continues, says, in that day they shall exercise faith in me. Well, the Lord continues saith the Lord, even as the brother of Jared did. So, in that day they shall exercise faith in me, even as the brother of Jared did. Remember what kind of faith he had? Pretty great faith. And they may become sanctified in me. Then I will manifest unto them the things which the brother of Jared saw, even unto the unfolding unto them. All my revelations, saith Jesus Christ, the Son of God, this Father of the Father of the heavens and the earth, and all things that in them are. So, we need to have faith and repent so that we can be sanctified and cleansed. Remember remember, I talked in the previous episode about how good of an example the brother of Jared was, but he was chastened, and he repented, and he had faith, so he had he was faith and repent, cleansed, sanctified, so that led to this sanctified state, a, a chastened and pure state. He counseled with the Lord because of his faith. He continued in this path, and the faith and the sanctify, sanctification led to what? his revelation. And the Lord clearly is telling us here that that's the same thing that we can do. They have faith in me, and they they become sanctified, and then I will manifest unto them these revelations. The brother of Jared had faith, he was sanctified, he received revelation. The Lord says to us, have faith, be sanctified, and I will show you the same things. I will give you revelation. And he that will contend against the word of the Lord, let him be accursed. And he that shall deny these things, let him be accursed. For unto them will I show no greater things, saith Jesus Christ. For I am he who speaketh. And at my command, the heavens are opened and are sh- shut. And at my word, the earth shall shake. And at my command, the inhabitants thereof shall pass away, even so by fire. Look at the power of the word of the Lord. He that contends against his word shall be accursed. Well, and then he goes and he says, At my command, he can command the earth. At his command, the inhabitants of the earth shall pass away. Don't. So, how is that any different than his word that's written in the scriptures? And so he gives us a warning to uh, take heed and to be diligent in our study and to not contend against his word. And then he gives us a key to know how things are his word and are from him. He says, for because of my spirit, ye shall know that these things are true for it persuadeth men to do good. And whatsoever thing persuadeth men to do good is of me for good cometh of none, save it be of me. I am the same that leadeth men to do all to all good. Where does where do good things come from? God, all good things come from God. Moroni chapter 10 and chapter seven. So Moroni chapter seven is Mormon writing. Moroni chapter 10 is Moroni writing. Here we have Moroni writing the words of the Lord. Anything that is good. And that is why we should never suppress a good thought, right? Because if it's a good thought, if it's a generous thought, if it's a kind thought, it might sound... um... So I got a little distracted and had some issues with recording equipment. Uh, So I'm going to pick up kind of where I was. Um, Basically, all things that are good come from God. Don't suppress a good thought. It's from God and in those moments and times we need to be sure to be grateful and acknowledge that it came from him. But it's how Moroni gives us this key of how we can know that things come from him because they persuade us to do good. It's powerful that he would write this. It's powerful that he would re- that He received this revelation from God and recorded it, and then in Moroni chapter 10 he would tell us how to know that the record is true by having faith in God and praying and asking in, uh, with faith that and with real intent and a sincere heart and that the Spirit would tell us that it's true. And how does the Spirit tell us that it's true? It tells us it's true by persuading us to do good through the the feelings and thoughts that are good, right? And so the the same man who wrote that invitation, the same man who told us that, key, received this revelation telling us that all things that are good come from God. In verse 12, chapter 4, he says, I am the same that leadeth men to do all good. He that will not believe my words will not believe me that I am. And he that will not believe me will not believe the Father who sent me. For behold, I am the Father, I am the light, and the life and the truth of the world. Come unto me, O ye Gentiles, and I'll show you the greater things. Hear him, is what I, when I read that verse this time studying, I, I wrote the words, hear him. Because don't Contend against His word. Remember, at His command, He can do all these things. And how can you know that it's His word? Because they can persuade you to do good. And so if we hear Him, then we will know that He is. And that we will then believe in the Father who sent Him. And we will believe uh, that He and the Father. And we will believe that He is the Father. And we will believe that He is the truth and the light and the life of the world. It all starts by... Hearing, you first have to hear those words and hear His words. Um. So, verse seventeen says, "Therefore, when ye shall receive this record, you may know that the work of the Father has commenced upon all the face of the land." This echoes what Christ said in 3 Nephi, chapter twenty-one, that when the Book of Mormon would come forth, then you know that's a sign of the of this. Basically, the. The start of the second coming is a sign of the restoration of all things, and we clearly live in that day. Chapter five, uh, Mormon continues. Excuse, excuse me, Moroni continues by telling us, "How are you going to do this? How, how are we going? How are you going to know that these things are true?" He's going to tell us some more ways, uh, but first he says, "This is something interesting." He says, "And now I, Moroni, have written the words which were commanded me according to my memory." And so he's writing, the things that he's writing are, he's, been, he's received these revelations and he's writing them according to his memory. And I think it's probably because he ran out of ore, remember? So there's this time where he didn't have room on the plates. And so he received some revelation and uh, didn't have anything where to write it. But now he's has some ore. He's like, oh, I've got to write all those things. It's not too late. It's not too late to record things the Lord has told you. It might not be as great as, and perfect as a memory of when you first received it. Ask God. As for the Spirit to bring all things to your remembrance, it's not too late. Mormon's writing this after the fact. It's not too late. In chapter 5, he tells us that they were going to be uh, witnesses to the Book of Mormon, and that they would testify of its truthfulness. Before I get into that, um, I wanted to... I just wanted to read verses four and five and, and by, and in the mouth of three witnesses, shall these things be established and the testimony of three and this, uh, and the testimony of three and this work in the, which shall be shown forth the power of God and also his word of which the father and the son and the Holy ghost bear record. And this shall stand as a testimony against the world at the last day. And if it so be that they repent and come unto the father in the name of Jesus, they shall be received into the kingdom of God. How do we get his name? How do we come into Him in the name of Jesus, through the ordinance and covenants of the priesthood, through our sacramental uh, covenants, through baptismal covenants, through the covenants we make in the temple? And that stands out to me because the words in verse four say, "In the which shall be shown forth the power of God, and also His Word." What, how how is the power of God shown? Well, Doctrine and Covenants section 84 tells us that through the ordinances thereof, through the ordinances of the priesthood, is the power of godliness manifest, manifest being shown. How, are, And this is the power of God. How is it shown forth? It's through the covenants. And then he goes on and says, have faith, repent, and come unto Christ. Come unto God in the name of Christ. You only can do that through through making and keeping sacred covenants. Now, the, the witnesses. So uh, Oliver Cowdrey, David Whitmer, and Martin Harris are the three uh, witnesses. They all, uh, at one point or another, left the church. Two of the three ended up coming back, but none of them denied their testimony. All of them, um, including David Whitmer, who was pro- perhaps the most um, prominent of the three in terms of reputation, Gave several interviews throughout his life, and his recollection was very similar every time. His reports of what he saw and what he heard and what happened were very similar every time. Uh, and so that's, I mean, these three men witnessed the the plates, and and um, you can read about their their testimony in the in the front of the Book of Mormon, uh, in the Witness of the Three. To close. I want to read a somewhat lengthy snippet from uh, a conference 1999 from President Oaks, then Elder Oaks. I think it's an interesting perspective, given the fact that he was an attorney, he was a judge, dealing with witnesses. And so he said, The solemn written testimony of three witnesses to what they saw and heard, two of them simultaneously, and the third almost immediately thereafter, is Entitled to Great Weight, Indeed, we know that upon the testimony of one witness, great miracles have been claimed and accepted by many religious people, and in the secular world, the testimony of one witness has been deemed sufficient for weighty penalties and judgments. Persons experienced in evaluating testimony commonly consider a witness's opportunity to observe an event and the possibility of his bias on the subject. Where different witnesses give identical testimony in the same event, skeptics look for evidence of collusion among them or for other witnesses who could contradict them. Measured against all of these possible objections, the testimony of the three witnesses of the Book of Mormon stand forth in great strength. Each of the three had ample reason and opportunity to re- to renounce his testimony. If it had been falser to equiv- equivocate on details, if any, it had been inaccurate as well as known, because of the disagreements, as is well known, because of disagreements or jealousies involving other church leaders. Each one of these three witnesses was excommunicated from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints by about eight years after the publication of their testimony. All three went their separate ways, with no common interest to support collusive effort. Yet, to the end of their lives, the periods ranging from 12 to 50 years after their excommunications, not one of these witnesses deviated from the published testimony or said anything that casts any shadow on its truthfulness. Furthermore, their testimony stands uncontradicted by any other witnesses. Reject it one may, but how does it... How does one explain three men of good character uniting and persisting in this published testimony to the end of their lives in the face of great ridicule and other personal disadvantage? Like the Book of Mormon itself, there is no better explanation than is given in the testimony itself, the solemn statement of good and honest men who told what they saw. Witnesses are important, and the testimony of the three witnesses to the Book of Mormon is impressive and reliable. And unto the three shall be shown unto the by the power of God, wherefore they shall know of the surety that these things are true. It's from verse 3 of chapter 5, and I would say you can be shown by the power of God, and you can uh, know for, of a surety that the Book of Mormon is true, and it doesn't have to be a physical manifestation. In fact, a spiritual manifestation will be stronger and last longer and be more powerful. uh I, Thank you for listening. I appreciate your listening and for your comments. I appreciate your faith and your knowledge and the lessons that you learn and share with me. Good luck um, and enjoy your study this week as we read together Ether chapters 1 through 5. We'll talk next week.